0: On this episode of The Playbook, I have one of my heroes and mentors, Maria Bartiromo, two-time Emmy-winning journalist and the host of Fox Business and Fox News. She has one of the top business shows in all of America, and there's no doubt why, because she actually will articulate the fundamentals to success. You have to join this legend and me here on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook and I am so excited, I have Maria Bartiromo. She is an amazing, legendary anchor here at Fox Business and Fox News. Only about 17 hours a day are you active. (laughs) I don't like the word work and I don't like the word busy. Also an amazing journalist, an icon, and of course an author, I think three books. Yes. And you know, thinking about, this is about a playbook to success. So kind of want to go back because things are a little bit different today because of people like you. And there's so much more opportunity. I tell my three daughters all the time. I just want there to be more for you to pursue. Right, I, Whatever you're going to pursue, I just want there to be more of it because there wasn't a lot when I was young or even when my mom was young. My mom tells this great story that may resonate with you. I was like, why were you a teacher? And she said, well, to be honest, women were either teachers or nurses. And all the boys that cheated off me in high school and college, they ended up being on Wall Street doctors and lawyers and engineers. And it, that story always resonated with me because it really epitomized how I could see the evolution of women and being able to create this pursuit that you've been able to lead with. And so starting off as a young girl, how did you get this entrepreneurial confidence that allows you to be this first woman on Wall Street?
1: Yeah, I think it's such a good question, and by the way, my sister's a nurse, so even the generation right before me, it's true, there were a lot of nurses and teachers that were women, and I don't think that it was communicated that other things were available to us. But I think as I go back and look at my upbringing um, as sort of a way to connect the dots in terms of where I got my confidence and my courage to to strive uh, for big things is I think, first of all, I was um, enveloped by love. My parents love me so much and they always showed me an incredible amount of love in that I remember it was always the family was behind you so A short story I remember once I had a boyfriend as a young girl and he broke up with me he wanted to go out with somebody else and I was crying and I I was talking to my mother uh, in my room my room was in the basement and I remember crying to her saying don't tell anyone don't tell anyone what happened and she left my room went upstairs and the first thing she did was tell everyone in my family (laughs) she told my father she told my brother she told my sister my brother came down and he starts talking to me my sister comes down she starts talking to me it was such a powerful lesson for me because what it told me at just such a young teenage age that whatever happens to me I'm not alone whatever happens to me I have my family as my backup and I think over the years as a young girl growing up I was always sort of part of a family unit where my parents always you know taught me to work really hard my parents are are, are uh, students of the depression so they always save their money and 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 always my mother always wanted me to be financially independent she she's you know she talked about that a lot as well as a young girl but growing up I was the baby and um, I don't know my parents encouraged me to shoot for the stars and and shoot for you know, whatever I could do. And they always stressed working hard, they always stressed doing the right thing, and they always stressed loving what you you do. And so those are sort of my, my three little lessons growing up. I think the courage and the confidence came from the idea that I always knew that no matter what happened, if I failed, I would, you know, land on the floor, but I would be picked up and I would be having the support of my family. It's a very powerful thing for a young person.
0: And you ended up going to NYU, not too far from your home. Yes. And choosing journalism and economics.
1: Well, here my, my my parents were really instrumental in that as well, because I was actually studying economics at NYU, only because I did well in the subject, I just <laughs> did well in statistics for some reason. And so I just kept taking more and more because I was doing well in it and excelling. But then when I was a junior in college, my mother said to me, you know, you should take journalism, I think you would be good at it. And I thought, well, maybe I will, I'll take some writing, I, I love writing, and so I did, and then I absolutely loved it. So it was then, in my junior year in college, that I changed my major, and I made journalism, my major and then i had so much credit in economics because i had taken so much of it that i made that a minor and it was just luck because it ended up that when i graduated we were at the beginning of what was to be a boom in financial television
0: which is true and you use the word luck and i love successful people to define that word because sometimes I think it's misleading to young entrepreneurs and young people that, oh, well, this was just a matter of luck. So I always like someone like you to define what luck really means to you.
1: No, you're right. I mean, I think that's a really good point because I think we make our own luck in this life. Look, my number one rule, and I think everyone who's ever worked with me knows this, is, is is to work hard. I always believe, and in the bottom of my heart, I always know that there are no shortcuts and that over time, if you work hard and if you generate the time, the energy, uh, the attention to something, then you will prosper at it. And I think that that's certainly guided me. But we all need a little luck. You know, You, I was lucky to be born in America. I was lucky to be <laughs> able to find something that I love. Luck is always a part of things and I think you make your own luck because when you're Working hard, you may very well be lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time to get a, a job offer. Or when you love what you do, you may be lucky enough to know what's on the horizon in terms of growth industries and, 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 and have your path go that way. So you know, I remember when I was at when I was at CNBC, I had an instinct that we should go to Alaska. I don't know why. I just <laughs> we. So it was during the it was during the election, and I went to Alaska to uh, interview uh, to to interview the governor who ended up being the the, um, the nominee for vice president with, with John McCain. And as I was coming home from Alaska, it was announced that she was going to be the vice presidential candidate. And my boss turned to me and said, you know, Maria, you are always making your own luck. You make your own luck because it was you who said, I, you didn't need to go to Alaska, but you wanted to go do an, a, an interview on the oil story in Alaska and energy. And so you you got her and now you have the interview of the moment. Again, I do believe you make your own luck.
0: And you have, right, what you pay attention to and then put your intention in, and I call intention what you think, say, do, and believe, equals those coincidences or luck in our life. But there's another component that I see in your career that I see mirrored throughout a lot of people's careers, especially the icons and the innovators and mavericks like yourselves. It's this idea that there's many options open even when other people don't see them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have you know. this
0: vision of, well, I, nobody, you know, I'm sure when you're sitting in the econ courses at NYU, there wasn't a lot of people that looked like you.
1: Yeah, well, there were a lot of boys in the class <laughs> right. and, the and men in like the me. class, for sure. <laughs> I was like
0: half your class yeah. looked like me. <laughs> I don't,
1: you know, I don't know. I always felt the need to um, try it. You know, tr- if you felt like you could do something or you wanted to try something, just, you know, stick your neck out and try it and, and have the courage to do that. So I guess there is certainly some of that.
0: And when you went to go intern at CNN, I think when you first started, yes. what was your perspective then? Because there's so many young people right now, They that's where we start with internships, which I'm a big proponent of. What was your perspective of, all right, I'm gonna go in here and what are you gonna do at CNN?
1: Well, you know, there too, I was very courageous and eager. So I remember getting to CNN, Uh, as an intern during college and it was a class four points you have to get accepted to that program I was accepted to the CNN program and I thought well you know how can I get ahead who do I need to meet what do I need to do to get a foothold in this company and I remember you know walking around to all the floors different departments shaking their heads and I'm Maria Bartiromo I'm ready to do whatever you need me to do you know I'm ready to work hard count on me I'm here for you if you need me and I, I, I took the the opportunity while I was in the building to make sure to introduce introduce myself to as many leaders as I could should there be an opportunity later after I graduated. And sure enough, um, I started as an intern in the entertainment division uh, as, you know, I I was in my senior year at NYU. And then when I graduated in May, I didn't have a job. The internship was over. So I said to them, look, I will stay on and work for free if you need my help. Um, because I don't have a job yet. And so they said, okay, so then stay and work, you'll work in news. So then they put me in the general news division and it wasn't until I met someone in the elevator who said to me, you know, you should try business news. And I didn't really know what business news was. I mean, what's business news? There's a whole division dedicated right. to business late news? 80s, right? So <laughs> I said, okay, maybe I'll try it. So I went into the business division and I, and I uh, took a test and, and that's when they hired me. But yeah, I think when I got to CNN, I didn't really know what to expect. And at the time, CNN was doing something that nobody was doing this is a different cnn than it was back then because back then it was ted turner's entrepreneurial cnn and he was trying to do whatever it took to do something different and at that time this was back in um, 1989 1989 when you know all the networks would wait until 630 at night to report the news CNN was doing something entirely different and they were uh, reporting on a story as it was actually taking place as it was happening and that was the first Gulf War and I remember as a production assistant um watching our air at CNN and Bernard Shaw was in Iraq under the bed saying there are bombs going off right now and so I learned so much about reporting on a story as it was actually happening and that served me incredibly well later on in my career when I became the first person to broadcast on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange so I could report on the stock market literally as it was happening, as it was trading
0: and then you evolved even further so you had that instantaneous type of media for finance where you had the buy hold, or sell right on the floor of the stock exchange right. when news came out how that news affected the economy that we had in instant and then once again moving to fox where they now have more of an entrepreneurial look of doing things that no one else does and yet you have a longer perspective on all of your shows here where it's not as instantaneous you're able to evolve and develop a story Which, you know, reading The Endurance for Success, one of your books, I was curious because to endure success seems to be an anomaly. And a lot of people don't understand that that's what it takes. I talk about the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. Yes. Right. That's success to me. To enjoy that is your success. Um, And I see that throughout your career and the books that you've written. That endurance, what, what does it take to endure, you know, all the sexism discrimination and then just beyond those two things you still have to endure what everyone else endures which is competitive business no jobs given to us No. and you know it's like in sports agentry i used to run the most notable sports agency with lee steinberg and i used to tell people not only do you have to get a client but you have to keep them
1: That's right. Right.
0: And the same thing holds true. And everybody wants your job.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I was
0: on my elliptical trainer at five in the morning going, gosh, I love Maria's job. Yes. (laughs) Right. It's true. So how do you endure both sets of those challenges? Well,
1: you're right. I mean, it's very competitive. I could tell you right now, business is very competitive. And if you want to weigh in, if you want to be there and compete, you need to have the goods. I mean, I know that um, in order to win what's required is incredibly hard work what's required is making sure that i do my homework you need to know what's required to actually win so there so there's that and then on top of just competing in a very competitive landscape there are the other things that you you know uh, that, that you correctly pile on because there are other things to deal with you need to know your own limits You need to know how much you can withstand. When I was on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, in my heart of hearts, I knew that many people did not want me there. And I knew that it was a boys' club. I knew that it was, you know, me in a sea of suits every single day. (laughs) I had to ask myself, well, how much can I? take of this how much do I want to take of this you know is this actually bothering me in any way and it really wasn't I never was spoken to you know poorly or you know I mean there was a couple of people on the floor who definitely didn't want me there and I did have some some interactions no doubt about it but for the most part um, I have great camaraderie on the floor of the exchange and I have great friends because I saw it as a way to I tried to understand what was going on. I mean, let's face it, there were there was not a reporter on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange before me. There were many women. So, you know, they are looking at that situation through their own lens of, this is how we've been doing it for 100 years. We don't want to change the way we've been doing it. So I think, you know, with all of that, I think you need to know who you are, what you can withstand, what what is it that you want? If you want to win, In order to win, and that is in a competitive environment, there are some rules, and that is working incredibly hard, knowing your stuff, make sure you do the work. You can't fool anybody. Uh, So if you think you can, you're wrong, because at some point someone's gonna figure out that you actually don't know the story at all. So it's really important to do the work.
0: And looking through that perspective, there's three things as I watched your career, credible skills, Just evolving knowledge, you know, even to the point where you've now learned politics and how that affects the economy so so instantaneously as well. But also desire. And there's this integration that I see with successful people like you that have extraordinary skills that take hard work and that knowledge, that thirst to continue to learn and not just sit on your laurels. Here you have, I think, more shows now than you had 10 years ago and a bigger audience. I know your Sunday show is the number one show in my demographic, which I'm getting to the higher end of that, but in the most popular demographic, it's incredible. You know, giving encouragement to other people about the desire side. One of the biggest questions I get is how do you stay so motivated? And I call it inspiration to me because I believe we're always inspired. We just have to clear what's stopping it. How do you stay so positive, energetic and active? as you know we start getting a little bit older physically it's not quite as easy to travel all around the world and then get back on for 17 hours to in front of a camera
1: well you know what it goes back to the fact that um love what you do i do love what i do and i'm having literally i can say honestly i'm having the most stimulating intellectually stimulating conversation I've ever had here at Fox, um, because my portfolio, yeah, I mean, this conversation, (laughs) but but the conversations (laughs) conversations that I'm having every day, whether it's about the election, about politics, about policy, zeroing in, understanding policy better, about China, these are some of the most intellectually stimulating subjects, and I'm having on the people who know firsthand with front row seats on on many of these subjects. Look, I think I was very lucky to come to Fox and bring with me a business background. Because when I arrived here six-plus years ago now, I had my economic and business knowledge in my hand, and that was very helpful in terms of applying it to policy, to politics, and to what the rest of the world looks like because at the end of the day it is about the economy it is about you know how are you feeling economics drive every subject so that was my underpinning that I brought with me and I think because I love what I do and I'm having this interesting conversation I want to keep doing it and when you want to keep doing something and you know you you love what you're doing you want to work hard and when you work hard you'll probably end up being a winner in that regard as well so it, it's all connected but I definitely think that um, you're right you know it takes effort it takes courage to keep on going and and, and keep on uh, working really hard Uh, but um, luckily I'm I'm, I'm loving it still so it's okay.
0: (laughs) And you have such a positive optimistic attitude which when you're dealing with business and news you know a lot of people won't even turn it on anymore because Mm -hmm. they're afraid of learning and understanding but yet you seem to find the light the love and the lessons and all of these different things, and it's uplifting to watch your perspective of explaining your, your knowledge to other people about things that most people are really afraid of, mm. especially today.
1: Well, you know what I'm trying to do mostly is I'm trying to seek out the truth, and where is the truth? There's so much misinformation out there and so much debate about what's going on in the country, policy, uh, politics. And what I'm trying to do is zero in, cut through the noise, and get to the truth. And if I can actually get to the truth on any number of subjects and communicate that to my audience, I feel I've done my job. And I do feel like that is why the programs are resonating. We have credibility. The audience knows that if they turn on, I'm going to give them the truth. And I am going to either find the truth or I'm going to die trying uh, because I'm going to continue to get as much information as we can to get at the truth in all of these subjects and so i think that's one of the big important reasons that we have this audience that continues to grow
0: yeah and you they also trust us right because you also illuminate when you don't know the truth Right. I, I love If I don't know
1: it, I don't know it, and I'm not going to you know, misspeak and say something that is not true. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm not going to misspeak. I'm going to find that. I'm going to try to find that answer for you. I'm going to come back to you. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say, hey, you know what, I was wrong. I own that. It's yeah, okay.
0: I love that. And last question. You know, I do have three wonderful daughters and who look up to you. And so I always ask this at the end. What's the best piece of advice, you know, not just for my daughters, but for everyone out there? You have such an extraordinary experience and journey. What would the best piece of advice be to an entrepreneurial person that's trying to achieve something in a, in a long journey like you have? What would that one piece of advice be?
1: Well, I'll give you a little pearl of wisdom from my mother who told me long ago, and she wrote it on a piece of paper, and I actually still have it hanging up in my dresser, and she wrote, success comes through preparation. And it's true, preparation is critical. And so you can't walk into a situation thinking, you know what, I'm just going to wing it. It's just not going to happen. So you really need to prepare for everything that's important to you to make sure that it goes well. I reiterate my three rules of success, and that is work hard, really hard. There are no shortcuts. Don't think you're gonna get ahead in life because of someone you know. At some point that catches up. Uh, Number two, love what you do. You've got to do something that really excites you to get up in the morning, uh, and and you wanna go get at it because that's gonna enable you to work really hard. And the final one, and this is not to be underestimated, is to do the right thing, always. Don't try to do the right thing, just do the right thing. I gave a speech at NYU when I did the graduation speech a couple of years ago, and I told the students there, um, actually, I think I I said this in my speech to my St. John's University speech uh, around graduation, and I said, make the commitment today, today, because in life, from here on out, you will be thrown curveballs. We all get thrown curveballs, and there are always those moments in time when you say, well, this is the easier way to go, This route might be real easy for me. Maybe I should just do that and maybe it cuts corners a bit, but at least it's easier. Now, make the commitment today to always do the right thing because no matter where you go, no matter what industry, no matter what geography, there's only one thing that will always follow you 100 percent, and that is your reputation. So you need to cherish it, respect it and protect it. That, you do that by doing the right thing. So those are my little, my, my gems and wisdom uh, pearls.
0: Well, you know you have great wisdom when you can't even remember which commencement speech it <laughs> I'm was. I'm sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh. She no, it, does, was, it was that's a incredible. Child, <laughs> That's beautiful, though. And. I will tell everyone we need to do as she does not as she says even because i think she walks the walk maria you're incredible thank, thank you, you so much for leading the way and providing more opportunities for people to pursue in all areas of their life this is dave meltzer with maria Romo here with entrepreneurs the playbook Well, i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the playbook as much as me on a personal note i just wanted to thank everyone for making the playbook such a success Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.